0: Once you have seen, you cannot unsee. So once you get it, there's no way back.
1: Hello there from Bedford, UK, the Bitcoin mecca of the world. How are you all? Welcome to the What Bitcoin Did podcast, which is brought to you by Kraken, the best place to buy, sell or trade Bitcoin. I'm your host, Peter McCormack, and today I've got an absolute banger of a show. I'm joined by Plan B, Jeff Booth and Preston Pish to talk about whether Bitcoin is entering phase five of Plan B's stock-to-flow model. But before that, I do have a message from my amazing show sponsors and make sure you check them out. So first up today, we have BlockFi, the future of Bitcoin and financial services, now with BlockFi you can open up an interest account and start earning interest on your Bitcoin. I am a customer and I love receiving my interest every month. And also using your Bitcoin as collateral, you can take out a USD loan. And you can also fund your BlockFi account directly from your Bitcoin wallet. And with the BlockFi mobile app, you can now fully manage your account on the go. With so much more coming this year, it's going to be another great year for the company. They've raised another huge round. They really are kicking ass. If you're interested in checking out BlockFi, I do recommend you do your own research. Then head over to BlockFi.com, which is B-L-O-C-K-F-I.com. Also, let's talk about Kraken and why they are the best place to buy, sell and trade Bitcoin Okay, so firstly, their world-class security makes them the most trusted cryptocurrency exchange on the market. And with their 24-7, 365 customer support, they're going to help you out with any issue you have, wherever you are, whoever you are. They also have the most comprehensive suite of tools for buying Bitcoin. So you got Kraken.com, where it just could not be easier to sign up and start buying Bitcoin. They also have their beautiful mobile first app, where you can buy Bitcoin on the go. And with their margin trading, futures, and OTC desk, Kraken has every option covered for you. There is no better place to trade Bitcoin. And if you want to find out more, head over to kraken.com or download the app. It's available for the iPhone and Android. Just search for Kraken Pro, which is K-R-A-K-E-N-P-R-O. Okay, so on to the show today, and it is a massive one. We have Plan B, Jeff Booth, and Preston Pish all together. So a few weeks back, you probably all saw it when MicroStrategy announced that they had bought over 21,000 bitcoins to hold on their business balance sheet, which blew me away. I think it blew a lot of people away. It really knocked me back. And in some ways, it kind of made me follow suit for my own little treasury I have for my little media business. Now, obviously, my treasury is a lot smaller than MicroStrategy's, but it's not an insignificant amount of money. And the theory, reasoning and risk is still the same. I don't want to hold too much cash on the balance sheet long term, especially with what is happening with the money printing right now and this crazy world we're living in right now. So what MicroStrategy did for me is one of the most insanely bullish things I've seen for Bitcoin. The fact that a company of their size sees the value of holding Bitcoin over cash is really cool, but it's the fact that they put their money where their mouth is. This isn't just a few hundred Bitcoin, it is over 0.1% of the supply very few companies of the same size will be able to do what they did at the same cost because of Bitcoin's limited supply. So while it was insanely bullish and a very bold and brave move, if others follow suit, when other companies start coming in to do this, they are going to struggle to buy the same amount of Bitcoin for the same price. We have this limited supply. So with this happening, I knew I had to get plan B back on because when I spoke to him last time, we talked about the model and we were kind of speculating what phase five might be might it be nation state adoption it skipped me that it could be company treasuries and i think it skipped him too so i was like come on dude we need to talk about this again but i didn't just want to have him on i also wanted a couple of other people i thought would help make this a banger of a show so i asked preston pish i asked jeff booth who've both been on the show previously i got them all on together for us to run through this and honestly this is a monster great show and appreciate the guys coming on if you have any questions about this you know as ever you can reach out to me My email address is hello at whatbitcoindid.com. I do receive a lot of emails every week and I do my best to reply to everyone. So as long as it isn't nonsense, feel free to reach out to me. One other thing out of my other show defiance i've just released the final part of this show called 1333 days it tracks this band called the ghost inside a fatal bus crash they were in and their four-year journey to get him back on stage you do not need to be a heavy metal fan to enjoy this it is just a fascinating show it is also defiance's most successful show the most downloaded show i've made to date check that out at defiance.news and as i said if you want to reach out to me my email address is hello at All right. It's, uh, it's late here, so uh, good evening from the UK. How are you, Jeff? Plan B, Preston? How are you all? Fantastic, thanks.
0: Uh, I'm fine. Thanks for having me. Pump, man. Ready to do this.
1: Yeah, let's do this. It's, uh, I think the time is right. I think, uh, I think after a long bear market, we're all kind of getting a bit excited about what's going to happen. There's uh, a lot of interesting things in the news, all tracking to the great work by Plan B here. So listen, look. I've got a lot I want to go through, um, and it's kind of like a crazy time as well, right? So we've had this pandemic, we've got an election coming, we've got BLM protests, crazy things happening with money. Like, 2020 is, I've, I've got a feeling we're going to be looking back at 2020 as a year in the history books and go, what the fuck happened there? So like, Jeff, man, how do you take this year? And we'll start with you. Hey.
2: I think it was all predictable and COVID accelerated everything else. Um, I, I, I loved a quote I saw on Twitter that, uh, that maybe 2020 were hindsight in 2020 were from our future selves coming back to now to say what was, ha- what was happening. So I, uh, I, I love, and I, I think it explains what's happening right now. Why couldn't we see it?
1: That is brilliant. What about you, Preston? How are you taking this year? And-
3: you know, uh, a play on with, um jeff just said i mean there's a reason that bill and ted's excellent adventure has come out with its its third installment i guess everyone's coming back to tell tell ourselves here that 2020 that, that exactly what jeff just said
1: and, and we've got tenet as well
3: say that again peter
1: we've got tenet as well where the film where people are moving between time forward and yeah. backwards. Have, have, you, have you seen Ten- has any of you seen that yet
3: i haven't seen it yet
1: That's yeah, insane what about you, Plan B? How do you take this all in, man? From your secret hideout?
0: Uh, yeah, sorry about that. I have to be anonymous again. Um no, I I think it's a weird year already and uh it will be for me a, a make or break year even uh with the stock to flow model and uh yeah. <laughs> if if it's not going up the numbers, then um I don't know what happens.
1: <laughs> all right, well listen, look. firstly, I'm I'm gonna go to Preston. Listen. Talk, talk to us about what's going on in the stock markets. You're a financial man. We've got Apple now at $2 trillion valuation. We've got the FANG at like over $7 trillion, I think. We've got stock splits. We've got a stock market going crazy whilst we're in what feels like entering a recession. And certainly some of the uh, employment figures and the GDP figures are looking pretty negative. What's going on here, dude?
3: So I would describe it as, does the thing you own have counterparty risk? really kind of at the heart of of what's happening. So when you're looking at stocks, it's, in my opinion, started to be treated as sound money, Uh, even though we know that the the companies can debase or create more uh, equity. They can debase their equity. They're not incentivized to do that unless they think they're severely overvalued. Then maybe they can step into the market and capture some liquidity and take advantage of that. But you have to have you have to have an opportunity to stuff that liquidity into. So I think that what you're seeing is uh, the market just market participants just scrambling for something that can serve as a store of value. Most people can't wrap their heads around um, anything related to the to the Bitcoin and if I dare use the word quote unquote crypto, right people are not wrapping their heads around that it's something that's extremely difficult to understand especially if you're you know if if you dabble on the surface of it the 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 surface level arguments come out like oh well anyone can create an altcoin and and there's nothing that backs it all that kind of stuff are the surface level arguments that people will latch onto that don't do a lot of the hard work to try to understand it so where are they going to go they're going to go to where they can capture some store of value and that they have no counterparty risk the, you're seeing a major separation uh, in the bond market, in, in my opinion. You're seeing everybody plowing the, into the businesses that have an enduring competitive advantage in a depressionary scenario. So when you look at Amazon, I would say that that fits the bill quite nicely. When you look at Apple, I'd tell you that fits the bill quite nicely. You look at a lot of these companies that are have an enormous network effect, have a lot of Competitive advantage tied to intangible assets that sit on their balance sheet. That you know, the companies that have a lot of inventory, a lot of uh, a lot of those things, that's difficult to manage in an environment like this where you know the, the printing is just eating everything alive. It's it's totally nuts.
1: And competitive printing now, right? Yeah, I saw you tweet about that. Yeah,
3: it's at. I mean, that's where it, it it started off as coordinated printing. Where you, if you go back and you look at the rise in the central bankers' balance sheets over the last ten years with QE and everything, it was very coordinated. When when uh, the U.S. would stop, you'd see uh, the European Union pick up right where they left off, and vice versa. And it just kind of like it was being passed around the circle. But now it, it seems that what's what was a coordinated effort is turning into a competitive effort, and I think that that competitive landscape is only going to increase significantly in the coming year to three years
1: must be interesting jeff for you to be looking at this especially as a somebody who's a proponent for a deflationary environment to see this rampant printing of money and also with jerome powell's comments recently
2: yeah and 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 i think if you say a proponent of, of deflationary environment what i would say more important is that's a fact that is going to be with us forever. And, and, and what's happened. So if technology is deflationary, right, then, then robbing deflation from society means, means unnaturally changing asset prices, changing everything else. It's actually robbing some people and giving it to others. And that means this, the collapse of free markets. And it means the rise of socialism. And it means, so the, the, so, people, I think, mistakenly say Jeff's a proponent of deflation. I'm a proponent of free markets, and technology has changed the rules. And the technology is moving so fast that that it, that, that rule change is so hard to see for people, and they're playing a different game. That that game you used to work, so you know this from the book. It predicts all of these events, and it predicts money printing has to go up exponentially. To, to match what's happening exponentially with technology wanting to drive prices down. And it predicts it's moving going to move into competitive devaluations because because that's governments are trapped in a bubble that they created. And they, they can't see that they're actually, by doing what they're doing, they're actually adding more disinflationary pressure to the point where they're going to change the rules of banking and try to do helicopter money because socialism will demand it right and so it just ruins the entire free market uh free market of pricing and what preston just said is all of that hot money is not going into productive assets it's going into stores of value anything that can escape what's coming and that, and, and 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 so that you don't really have a market anymore you have a, you have a gamble and 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 all of the people on this uh, on this zoom call know what's going to when i wrote the book i was ho- really hopeful that that governments would come together and create and and not do what they're doing right but the time was really important and what i can see right now is that's super unlikely it's it's getting worse and worse and worse and so the predictable rise of socialism rise of everything else will get will get come come as well and 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 that is super bullish for Bitcoin, because there has to be a new peg to money. Money People aren't asking, what is money?
1: It's interesting you bring up the socialism point as well. I, one of you guys tweeted it out because I saw it in, as part of my preparation that it's in like a quarter of all U.S. personal income is now coming from the government. Did I read that correctly?
3: Correct. Yes. Nope. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's crazy.
1: I mean, well, it just makes me think of – Everything I read about what happened in Venezuela and the rise of Chavez and the, the, the how much of the uh, how much how many jobs were supported by the state how many of the jobs were actually working for the state which ultimately collapsed. Yeah, what's, what's but actually, I, I was surprised to see that with the with the US. Sorry, Plan B. Yeah,
0: well, what I think is actually happening here, and um, Jeff uh, explains it very well in his book is the uh, creative destruction that, that's normally happening with new technology. Uh, creative destruction being a Schumpeter uh, term, the, the famous economist. New technology comes and it uh, destructs the old technology, but it's also creative because it creates new jobs and, and new opportunities. What's happening right now is that with all the money and all the quantitative easing, um, that flows into stuff that is not uh, productive. And and uh, in that way, the the creative destruction that that is essential to happen isn't happening. It's killed by government. And yes, that's that's not a capitalist thing. In fact, you're stopping uh, free markets from from doing their thing. And I think that's that's what what investors like me, uh, institutional investors with a lot of money uh, to manage, um, have big troubles with because it also means there's no return. Uh, uh, hence, all the uh, low inflation rates and 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 zero inflation rates and even negative inflation rates that will be a huge huge uh, problem for all investors but institutional investors in particular
3: the thing that i find so surprising about all of it is the seed of opportunity or the seed of solution to the problem to this massive problem of of just indescribable magnitude the seed of change is is sown into the thing that's causing the destruct, is that's causing the destruction. So, this is a technology bomb that's been created through just decades of in, incentives built into printing, into inflationary monetary policy. That's created this massive techno- technology bomb that's eating the world. Well, that technology bomb is actually because of it, and because we have so much growth in technology, it's actually sowing the seed of the solution, which is Bitcoin. Right. It's a, it's a technological thing that is so advanced that's going to potentially step in and and solve the, the root of the problem, which is to force the deflation to take place, the price deflation to take place and for the, the debt market to reach what we all know it should be, which is way higher uh, yields than what are being manipulated by constant printing and buying in the, in the fixed income market.
1: You're talking about Bitcoin like it's a an immune system response from the people.
3: Yeah, that's uh, that you. That's a great way to describe it, Jeff. You want to say something there? Yeah,
2: and and building on both of those points. So if you if you think about the existing system, so the existing system is trying to hold uh, prices uh, um, up at whatever costs. So, just take one of those asset prices um, that it's holding up, and and say, and tie it to what Plan B was talking about: Trumpeter's uh, distru- uh, distru- creative destruction. So, so governments come in and artificially hold, say, commercial real estate high, because it shouldn't be priced where it is today, or real estate shouldn't be high as priced because it's all a function of this monetary easing. And so, the rents on those assets are obviously higher as well. Because, the, the, because money is consolidated into them and it's where you can make yield and, you're, and you're, so you charge higher rents. And then it forces entrepreneurs not to be able to recreate new bi- businesses because they can't get into that rent, uh, those, uh, those, those rents and it forces a population to not be able to pay for those rents. And then, then the government who created the problem in the first place by not letting free markets happen The government actually gets changed to a socialist government to protect the very people that were hurt by the policies in the the first place, because they don't have money to pay for the rising rents. And so nobody's asking, where does this money come from? And if you had an entire government and you could print and nobody, you didn't have to trade with the world, maybe you could get away with keep doing it and fool your, your population forever. But as soon as you play game theory in an interconnected world, it just leads to competitive devaluations as preston said and and the seed that we're talking about Bit, bitcoin is a different system that is at one point going to i, I suspect i suspect follow plan b's model <laughs> um and, uh, it is already following plan b's model but it, but i suspect it's going to break out like crazy when people understand what's really happening i i, I it, it it blows my mind that that Educated, smart people can say, "Bitcoin. How, how could Bitcoin ever be a store of value or currency, while at the same time believing unilaterally in a currency that they know is being manipulated? It blows my mind. It's, it, it's incongruent.
1: Well, it always looks to me, and I've said this a few times, it feels like the biggest problem, well, one of the biggest problems that drives this is actually election cycles in that the incentive is not to deal with the problem now. The incentive is to leave the problem to the next election cycle. So, for example, Donald Trump is incentivized to keep the stock market high, to say, look what I've done. I've returned jobs. The stock market's higher than it ever was. But no no real truth in the fact of what it, what it actually means. So there's there's no incentive. that The structure of election cycles actually kills any desire to look at this.
0: It's funny that um- – Powell from the Fed uh, in his latest speech didn't explain, didn't really explain why they were driving inflation rates higher, why they want to do that. And I, I see a lot of people asking that question on Twitter as well. Why do we want higher interest rates? Because higher, uh, that leads to hyperinflation and that's bad. Why not deflation? Why, why, isn't Why is deflation bad as well? And if you look at what he said, Powell, He's, he didn't say the classical argument. So if, if, if you study economics or do finance, you, you hear, okay, uh, inf- inflation is bad because, uh, or inflation is good because it stimulates uh, cons- consumption, right? If, if prices go down, you postpone your decision to consume. So, so the, the economy would, would come to a stop. We need high inflation because people need to buy and consume and that's good for the economy. That's not what Powell said. Powell said, we have to. We have to increase. We have to have a positive inflation because otherwise the interest would go low as well, and we wouldn't have room to um, to to decrease the interest rates to stimulate the economy and to to create more jobs. We would lose power. The central banks would lose power. So we need at least two percent to to as a wiggle room to 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 do our thing. And but but what they don't talk about. And I think that's the key point: is the debt, and um, we need the inflation to wipe out the debt. If you don't have, if you have deflation, like we have in um, in Europe, and like Japan has for much longer than that, if you have deflation, your your debt in real terms grows bigger and bigger. So they need inflation very much to wipe out the debt. And it's 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 a really big problem the debt because the debt is what keeps the the whole zombie economy uh, alive, right? So
1: well, there's no reward for prudence. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but like, I historically was never very good at saving. You know, I was lived pretty casual and spent my money. And ever since I got into Bitcoin, I've been pretty good. Like, I I, th- I think I could survive a, a solid year of unemployment without any concerns because I've learned to save, right? but actually that prudence is is not rewarded by uh, government policy because they target inflation so they want to punish my prudence it rewards the spenders and it rewards those who actually aren't prudent rewards those who are perhaps taking out loans and spending money they shouldn't and and now i've become like perfectly aware of that
3: i i and just to go on your incentive structure that you're talking about with elected officials um I'm not saying this would solve all of it, but if you start having term limits in Congress here, at least in the U.S., now you remove some of that incentive structure that's based on them getting reelected and voting, you know, the the person to their district. But the the point that I wanted to make is just really simple on what Plan B was saying. Imagine you have a husband that's just going out and spending. He's buying new trucks. He's buying all these fancy things way way beyond his means. And then the wife is saying, you know, we just need higher. We need higher interest payments right now. That's effectively what Powell's speech was. Because on one hand, you got fiscal spending that is trending out of control at a pace that's unprecedented, right? That's the spending. That's the husband. And then you got the, the monetary policy saying, we need higher rates right now. We need to be paying. I mean, it's, it's just, it's maddening. So
2: if you, if you think about this, and again, go back to the root. The root is technology is deflationary, right? The root is if you allowed a capitalist society, a free market society to work under that, you would have broad-based abundance, right? It wouldn't consolidate. As jobs came out of the market, people would work less, saving time, and prices would fall along that axiom. Nothing that central governments can do, and I'm going to say it again, nothing, will stop that from being true. All of the printing just warps capitalism and is in predictably rises to socialism and predictably rises to where we are right now in this cycle. And predictably will break and very rarely a business does what it needs to do against a massive technological sea change, right? Sears goes bankrupt because they don't see what's happening with with Amazon. Right? The, it happens all of the t- all of the time in industry the, the industry t- is creative destruction the people in the system don't see it. There's a there's a change and a new and a new system takes over and although the, uh, that that system is grasping for error right It's trying to whatever it can do to keep the system alive. Interest rate policy, printing of money is all of those things on a last leg of an old system. Trying to keep the system alive to exactly Plan B and Preston's point that they have to because if they let it if they let deflation happen right now and the real cost of debt goes up, all the banks fail. That like we have a depression that is so brutal, and and so so now they're saying, I cannot allow that to happen under my watch, right? I cannot allow allow deflation to happen because it creates a deflationary spiral. Everything gets repriced before you have spring again and it renews. In that world, if they let that happen, currencies would hold. So what's the alternative to that? Because that seems like a pretty big under my watch I'm gonna make that happen, right? The alternative is I'm going to print at all costs, right? And try to kick the can down the road. The problem is because it's exponential and in, in, in uh exponentially deflationary, the printing has to go exponentially the other way. And and we've had 185 trillion dollars before COVID of new debt creation in the last 20 years. Um, out of 250 trillion global debt, 185 trillion of it has come in the last 20 years to drive G- global GDP by 46 trillion. So you can see it's like pushing on a string. The more you're printing, the less M2 velocity. So, it's not getting to the market. All of that printing is going into store of assets because they know what's coming. And it's getting worse and worse. So, the policy itself is making it worse and worse, uh, uh, worse and worse. But they're trapped. They don't have a way out. And so, uh, this is all super bullish to people ejecting from that system and finding a new system, which Bitcoin is.
1: And we've got people ejecting from that system. I'm going to come to micro strategy in a minute because that was like. A real like whoa moment for me this year. Like, I'm going to come to that. I just press, I've got another question for you though. Like, we all see, actually, I've got two questions. We all see what's coming, right? Or we think we do. But it feels like the community of people who see this coming, who are talking about this, still feels like it's very small. And there seems to be a lot of well respected, I say, that. With a bit of a with my tongue in my cheek, but well-respected economists who support this inflation, inflationary environment. I interviewed Stephanie Kelton and talked about MMT, and was a little bit taken back by what she was trying how and how she was trying to explain it to me, and I, and, and I couldn't seem to get a. Head around the idea that even though MMT can work in the short time, it's a very unfair system. But what, why do we? Why are there so few people understanding this environment we're in, and especially people in leading decisions? Sorry, and I've got two questions for you. It's a, a bigger one. And have you, within your work, tried made any attempt at mapping out how this plays out? Because if we are on the last legs, like when does this snap? How does this snap? Uh, have we got some huge crash coming that is going to be perhaps even, even, even a bigger event than we've seen in 2020?
3: So to your first one, why so few people? So Plan B wrote an awesome article talking about phase transitions. Mm-hmm. And so when you get into physics and you talk about how a phase transition happens, we could talk about how ice turns into liquid and then liquid turns into gas. Well, if you're a liquid molecule, Right and you've always been within that temperature range of, of a liquid molecule, all you know is that's what you look like, right? And that's what I would describe as our current financial system. If you're working on Wall Street and you've been playing the Wall Street game for 30 years, that you think you're a liquid molecule. Now, what happens is, and what's so fascinating with a phase transition is to, to make the jump to a gas, from a liquid to a gas, there has to be a ton of energy that's packed into it right? And during that period of time as that transition's happening, more energy, more energy, but it still looks like a liquid. It hasn't made the jump to its new state of what it looks like. And then all at once, it's just boom. Now all of a sudden it's a gas molecule and it's bouncing around the room and it looks nothing like a liquid molecule like, like it used to be, even though it's the same exact thing. It looks completely different. I think that's the only way I can describe what's happening right now is everybody in the world that's that's alive has never seen anything other than what we've seen, which is an inflationary monetary policy for our entire lives, right? So for them to understand an equity based monetary system that you know is deflationary if people are losing their coins right that just that does not make sense to anybody walking the planet today so i think that's I think that's the why that so few people. And then I think uh, another piece of it is a lot of people will latch onto those surface level arguments and never dig beneath the surface to really understand what in the world's happening. Um, to your second point, which is mapping out uh, how it potentially plays out, I I really think Plan B's model is valid. I think it's valid because I'm of the opinion that miners are setting the floor of those, those uh, jumps, those orbital jumps that you know I, I don't know how everyone wants to describe that but i guess that's how i'm describing it right i think that the miners uh, are looking at it I, I think it's being driven there by a production cost and there's arguments against that there's arguments for it i i believe that that's happening and so when i'm mapping out how this plays out i think the fact that it's been around for 10 years and and the potential for it to go to 100,000 i think is going to melt brains on wall street when it's when it breaks through its previous all time high so When I expect that to happen, right, is start at 2021, Christmas time or whatever, I I expect the price based on his model to start showing new all-time highs. And I think it's going to, people are going to be looking at their MMT policy of negative interest rates and a bond market that's $100 trillion with no yield to it, right? No real yield to it. They're going to be looking at their gold, which is... Drastically underperforming this thing, right? That just doesn't seem to go away, that has a clearance of transaction time measured in weeks or months relative to something that clears near instantaneously. And I think there's going to be a lot of people that then are saying, Well, I underst I understood those surface-level arguments, but now I'm going to dig a little deeper, especially as I see the Paul Tudor-Jones of the world taking positions in this. I see a company. That just took a $250 million position. Oh my God, there's Apple now taking a position and putting it on their balance sheet. That's all entrenchment. That's all narratives that were not in place up until now. And I kind of suspect that the coming year is going to just blow out the bond market. I think it's just gonna be a total it, it's gonna be really hard for the governments to keep the lid on the yield being so low. Right. Yeah, okay. If, if, if I was if gonna say yeah.
1: Yeah, please do.
0: Um Every institutional investor, every global big investor is is at the moment making scenarios of how this plays out and it's it's very interesting and in fact, I, I would urge people who are interested in that to follow those scenarios because they're very very public uh, uh, some of the the bigger companies publish those uh, scenarios but one of the scenarios, and it 's my job as well this is what I do uh, for a living uh, next to bitcoin uh, so one of the scenarios is, of course, a very dark scenario. And, and Jeff writes about this in his book. Um, cause the trend is obviously socialist. Um, the trend is it, 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 it's obviously going to revolutions like we see in France, Lebanon, uh, the United States, South, South America. It's, it's everywhere. You can feel it and it will lead to war. The Third World War, so that's a very dark scenario, and you you have to hedge or or be prepared for that as an investor. So so those scenarios are on the table. What 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 are the winners and losers, and that's that scenario. Another scenario, and I think that's that's that brings a dimension that is not not frequently talked about by us in the Twitter uh, space is uh, that next to that, that is even worse than than Jeff describes with the uh, deflationary trend because there is a second deflationary trend that is going to happen for sure and it 's it's, it's the demographic trend, so you have an aging pop, uh, population in in the world and it start, it started in japan right in in, in the 90s um, where uh, people get older and older the baby boom is over um Japan has a 230% debt to GDP ratio that's worse than the United States with 130% that's worse than the the the, the bad uh, the worst uh, countries in in Europe Italy and, and Greece about 130% but also Japan has has below 1% interest rates since 1996 so Japan is really um <laughs> a peak into the fu- in our future because Europe will be next, Germany first, and U.S. will be after that. What that means is that older people spend less. They don't consume, right? If you, if, if you, uh, after your first job, if you can save a little, you buy a house, you, buy, you get kids, you spend like crazy, and uh, then the kids go away, you, you, you buy a nice car, a plane, uh, a boat, uh, in Preston's case, a plane, of course. Uh, <laughs> and uh but but then you you're older and and you don't you don't spend that much, so you can map out and there's guys who, who did that there's there's beautiful books about it, so those scenarios uh the demographic trend and the and the deflation that that will certainly come from there is also playing into um, into this game and 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 it's sort of the solution of some of the dangers that Jeff is talking about because we need um, technology, because there will be uh, not much workers anymore. Everybody is is uh, is, is from old age, so who's going to do the work? We need robots, we need technology, and that will solve a lot of our problems that come from deflation, from uh, from uh, aging population, I'm sorry.
1: Preston's uh, promised me a, a flight in his plane.
3: <laughs> That's a guarantee. Yeah.
1: All right, uh, Jeff, sorry, you wanted to jump in there.
2: Yeah, no, I just I, I think Plan B makes just some really great point points there. Um, a deflationary world we because technology needs a deflationary currency, right? That it is just as simple as is as that. And the existing rules are not they're exactly the opposite. So you cannot and and so the existing rules if you keep them the opposite against technology technological deflation, you the uprisings, wars, everything else. Uh, are a predictable consequence. And this has happened in history before, right? So one of the things Stephanie Kelton misses, massively misses in MMT, Um, by the way, I understand 100% why it's politically popular to be able to do that. Because you can tell the population, don't worry, we'll give you money, right? We're going to give you a whole bunch of money um, without telling them, hey, we picked your pockets first to make asset prices really high so we could expand government so we could give you more money without understanding where that all comes from. But I do understand why it's super politically popular. Um, the, and, and how much we're going to give you is... so. But what she misses, and, and I, I pointed this out in a, in a Twitter go back and forth with her, she says, well, the UK has been doing it for 300 years, and they still have a currency. What she misses is, yeah, there were a number of wars to reset currency uh, along the way. And if you want wars to reset currency, because these things are perfectly predictable, um, you have war, you have revolution, and war, and the winners of the wars reset the new rules, um, and 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 so that's what the war that's what the world will look like if we if we keep on this inflationary path against gravity, it's it's insane, right? It's insane. We're actually we're making that happen to humanity um, when technology would allow us to work less it would if you just allow if you followed the rules of capitalism it would it would allow our time to be the most valuable because prices would keep falling and keep falling and we are we would free our time instead of trying to work all our lives to try to put money somewhere where we can retire in the last little bit of our life with with protection right it's just but it's but but again, this is—I understand why the rise of socialism. I understand why Kelton looks popular right now, in because it seems like a, a, a quick fix with no cost. The cost is war.
3: I guess I got a more optimistic point of view. In, in I would really like for Plan B and Jeff to to shoot holes through this. If you disagree, I I think this is the first time you've you've had. The scenario where a new uh, monetary policy globally can be supplied prior to it ever coming to a shot or or a fight between anybody, and I don't think that's ever been the the case throughout history. That that's been an opportunity that 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 could have happened. So. You know, let's let's walk the dog. So let's say the price starts blowing out in Bitcoin in the coming year, and you you see these people that are owning yielding nothing securities, and particularly in the fixed income market, they start swapping over. The first movers, the the Michael Saylors of the world, make out like bandits. He basically captures eighty three years worth of net income onto his balance sheet in in one year because of his uh, decision. He now has the ability to buy up his competitors upstream, downstream, right. And you you see this massive change in uh, in the redistribution of wealth, but not through a military conflict, which has ne- that opportunity for that to even happen has never been the case ever throughout history. So I just I think that if if I was going to talk about this array of potential outcomes coming in the future, clearly everything that they've described is in that array of outcomes, right? I also believe that there might be a a more peaceful, I don't think that that transition is going to be fun for most participants, the majority of participants. It's going to be a very painful transition because you're going to see people who literally become extraordinarily wealthy um, in short order. And and you're going to see people that are extremely wealthy that lose a significant portion of that buying power relative to what they had in short order. But, Maybe it's maybe it's not this armed conflict between nations because this is something that is stretching aco- across the whole globe. I don't know. I that would be my that would be my case for how it could be less uh, painful. I guess. Yeah, I,
0: I'm also very optimistic. By the way, if you, if you look um, at a book like the Sovereign Individual, it describes actually this this process where nation states are less important and these well sovereign individuals rich individuals uh across the globe get it and and shape the new phase if you will um and we've seen it we've seen it in history before right we we have seen the Roman empire uh debase its currencies and the romans had had it v- very well right <laughs> they they had one percent tax rate they had property right protection they had uh trades the sea protection they, they 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 were very they had it very very well but somehow, someone decided to debase their currency, and it went pretty pretty fast in in like fifty years it was gone and um yeah it, and it started uh, and you can see that with with bitcoin and, and the u s dollar today, but it started with the soldiers refusing to take the denarii, denarius as, as a as a loan. They just said, well we'd like to fight, but but." please give us gold right no gold no fighting and uh, yeah so so keep keep your denari and and uh, and deflate them whatever you like and you see that you see that in, in bitcoin as well right the, the very expensive apartments in new york and london right now so say 30 40 50 million apartments um, a lot of, and dubai as well um, um, more and more of those apartments are being bought with Bitcoin. They're settled in Bitcoin. Why? If you if you sell it in U.S. dollars, it gets frozen. Uh, questions get asked. You you don't, you have no apartment. You have no money. So in certain transactions, you already see people demanding Bitcoin and refusing the dollar. And more and more people will do that. And I think it will be, it could be quite peaceful transformation.
2: Yeah, and building on that, I I I requoted a Naval quote, and he said, "There's only two ways to coordinate human societies at scale: free markets or physical power." So, so what free what Bitcoin is is it's free market, and it'll allow it'll force deflationary outcomes, and it'll, it'll it'll force that. Any other kind of existing system is what they're trying to do is consolidate more power. And so it, it, it's 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 pre- predictable. So I actually do believe in, in Preston. If you want to shoot holes in it? I think it depends at what time, what 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 speed this happens. Yes. Um. And I and I think it depends on the on roads to Bitcoin, the off off ramps to Bitcoin, and, and next steps on what governments do to 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 drive it into broad adoption. Um and peg. And pegged to it, I think that'll be. It. And 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 I think what I what what I believe is some some governments just because of game theory will make it their reserve. Um, and just like uh, uh, just like microstrategy, the ones that do will have a, a huge winning advantage because they'll take. And and you can imagine if the if sovereign individual or whatever, you can imagine it incents different governments to attract. Some of the best, some of the Bitcoin holders, as well, through policy, just like monetary policy today is designed to attract kind of the best and brightest for capital into different uh, different regions. Like, so I use an example: I could get a a gold golden visa in Portugal for my family for two hundred and fifty thousand dollars of an investment, and so wealthy people are making these choices all over. Right? And they always have been where is the best spot to 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 be? You can see as Bitcoin starts to emerge and everything else, governments that do that and attract more of that wealth have more uh have more ability to provide services for uh, for those people too
1: yeah, I guess Preston that's the biggest question is within your scenario is the state response, and as Jeff rightly says, there might be different responses, some will debase currencies, some will create new currencies. Some may wish to hold on to power through kind of what we're seeing right now in places like Belarus. Um and as Jeff said, there may be a country, maybe a more forward-thinking state that thinks actually we should be doing what MicroStrategy is doing here. And that will be a very interesting scenario to see how that plays out. But what we I guess what we would all imagine is that it will be very obvious where this is a success, where this is a failure. We will see it play out in real time.
3: Well, and I think that the the next step is really kind of companies. The, well, the, yeah. big, the big buying piece is going to be the companies. And let's not forget, most of the companies that have a majority shareholder that would understand this and make those big, bold, bold moves are mostly in the private market, not in the public market. So some of this might already be taking place. You're not gonna know. Right. And so when it starts really hitting the publicly traded companies, I would tell you they're they're second in this this order of adoption. The private companies are first, then you're gonna see the public companies, then you're gonna see the state actors. I think that's kind of the order. And I I would argue right now, you're probably having private companies that are that are taking these types of activities.
1: It's for the phase, we're talking about phase five and six. Interesting, Plan B. We talked about this in the last show when we talked about your new cross-asset uh, cross model for Stock to Flow. We talked about, well, what's stage five going to be? And I kind of like said, well, perhaps it's nation state. It didn't cross my mind to think about companies until what happened with MicroStrategy. And now we've got, I know, I mean, we know, I know of four. We have MicroStrategy, Snapper HQ. There was that restaurant and I'm going to throw one other one in because my uh, little podcast business is now, it's actually now 60% of my reserves are in Bitcoin, not as much as MicroStrategy, but it's still yeah. six figures. I still hold a six-figure reserve, which is now 60% in Bitcoin, and I did that. I made that move based on the fact that I'm worried about the cash reserves I'm holding. I am very worried. And listen, like since I did a big move, I did another big move, Two days ago, I'm mildly down. No, not two days ago, last week. I am mildly down, but I'm, I'm still more worried about the cash that I'm holding.
0: Yes. I, I remember we talked about this in the last uh, podcast, and <laughs> quite frankly, I missed it completely. The whole microstrategy thing. I, I was thinking um, banks, pension funds, uh, maybe countries, but never ever did it occur to me that listed companies would would do that as well. They, of course, they have the same problem uh, with all that cash on their balance sheet, especially in Europe, where it's negative interest. It it's just going away. So, yeah. It and if there are listed companies, it it. I noticed that a lot of people don't didn't see the importance of micro what microstrategy did, but because it's a listed company, it means that, that people can, can put Bitcoin or, well, Bitcoin exposure in their pension funds. They could just order the, call that broker and, and they can't say, well, get me some Bitcoin in my pension fund. But they can say, well, get me these and these and these companies because, yeah, well, I, w- I want to have that. those in my, my pension scheme. And, and, and in that way, you could see uh, MicroStrategy as, uh, as an ETF.
1: I'll tell you all something funny quickly, a little funny story. Uh, I don't know how many of you have got your DMs open, but mine are open. And you know what it's like? You get just these nonsense DMs come in all the time. (laughs) And on the day of the micro strategy thing, I got this DM come in and it just like pinged me an article and I was like, whatever. I didn't pay much attention to it. And then a couple of hours later, I saw the micro strategy uh, story break. I was like, oh, that's interesting. So I read it. I was like, I should try and interview them. So I went and Googled who the CEO is, and it came out, uh, Michael Saylor. I was like, right, I'll find his Twitter. And I went to his Twitter, clicked on DM, and it was him. He'd sent me the article.
3: <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. That's great. That was
1: awesome. Yeah. yeah, then I had to apologize to him. But I there is nothing – I don't think there's anything that's happened in my entire time in this Bitcoin world that's made me more bullish than what he did. I mean, firstly, the bollocks on the guy to do it. I mean, that's it's unbelievable. It was it wasn't just you know they took a position. He took a quarter of a billion dollar position and bought up point one percent of Bitcoin. I mean, yeah, but think. Of, but you got to think of
3: this, Peter. He's he also owns another company that has a market cap of three billion dollars. So when you when you when you frame it that way, I mean. That company could, and I'm not implying this is what he's trying to do, but that company could literally go bankrupt, and the guy still got a company that's worth three billion dollars. Of
2: course, and I, I think that's super, but that's that's actually super important to understand the risk reward. I, yeah. I'm on two, I'm chairman of two audit committees that are having this conversation right now about how much treasury do they do they put looking investigating, and it's the same thing for people. That's why you're putting money into Bitcoin. I think it's. It would be irresponsible for anybody not to have some right now, right? Because you know what's happening to currencies; it's, it's completely irresponsible. And so, if it's irresponsible for people, then it's probably irresponsible for companies too to not at least hedge what's ha- ha- happening.
3: And and on top of that, the company's still going to make its thirty million dollars a year bottom line net income, really kind of regardless whether the Bitcoin performs or not.
1: Still. It's, I mean, it, it's a massive move.
3: It's a massive like he, move, but I'm, I'm looking at it from a risk standpoint. So like he still has his company. He still has the underlying assets that are pumping out the $30 million a year. He's rich, even if, if that's the business and the Bitcoin blows up to zero, then he owns a $3 billion company. And I guess my point is he is not unique. In the grand scheme of things, he's just he's just another dude out there. And let me tell you, there's a lot of people like him. A lot more people in this world that like him than people realize.
2: Because think about the policy where it, so essentially the government said you're going to have negative yields in your cash. You have all this cash, and every company is saying, "Where am I going to put this cash? Right? Why stock buybacks? Why it's why why company? The government has to keep saving these companies is because you're incentivizing them." to to do the thing you don't want them to do they're not putting it into there is no there's no growth in the market it's all coming down you're incentivizing them to buy back their stock to push up their stock price to do it because because the cash is the government is saying we're making your cash worthless right so so if you sit on cash you're making that trade. Having that much cash in the bank is is you're going to underperform other people who are doing stock buybacks and everything else. You cannot sit on that cash. There's an implied I'm going to make it worthless. So where am I going to put it? It it naturally leads to where are the exit valves that I can put put this that 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 can save its value.
1: Plan B. How how is this playing out with your model right now? And I, I I've seen you posting your red dots. Like, how is this all playing out right
0: now? So far, it tracks uh, pretty well. Of course, it's early in the race, but we're four months uh, after the halving, and uh, it's about to get, uh, to get very interesting. And I'm, I'm very glad those, those red dots and those months were, were up, 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 because <laughs> otherwise I would have to explain a lot. But yeah, well, personally, I, uh, I'm sort of married with a model. I have no doubt. I have the same vision fundamentally, regardless of the model. That, the, that this is the solution, the hatch against all this crazy debasement and quantitative easing. I mean, I see nothing else. And 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 also the other thing that, well, the thing we talk about uh, with micro strategy, and let, and let me add, uh, there, there's another thing I didn't see coming, which is uh, very interesting, I think. Um, all the big financial institutions, of course, are making funds, Fidelity, Grayscale, and, 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 mm-hmm. and trying to push that. But what we're also seeing now is pull. So it it's very amazing, but I I got three calls this week from within my company, uh, people s- uh, saying, "Oh, those clients, those are big companies, listed companies, are our clients, and they want Bitcoin." But yeah, well, there's nobody who knows well, what is Bitcoin. Well, how do you do that? And blah blah blah. Uh, so we now are seeing pull from clients from people that go to Fidelity and 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 all the big the big. uh uh, players and ask for Bitcoin in their pension fund.
1: Insane, man.
2: Just- so can I can I ask Plan B a question because it's uh, from a, from it, it, so it, it, here's a just a, a radical uh, thought that could break your model and and would uh, I'd just love your thought um, if governments didn't print right and you had a massive depression. And in other words, deflation was going to happen anyways. It was it was forced onto the market. Then that pro- your pro- model probably wouldn't hold in that event. Is that right?
0: That's a very good question. I don't know. I, I I'm quite certain that the printing, the quantitative easing, helps a lot right now. I mean, you you can almost feel it. It's it's that money flows like water. It flows into Bitcoin. Yep. Uh So if if there were no printing, I still think the stock to flow path. So the, the fact that Bitcoin is, is taking its natural place within gold, silver, diamonds, real estate that all serve as a store of value and are um, well one of the few assets uh, that have a high stock to flow value, right? That, that have a, a, somehow an a improbable history or, or something that made people hold that asset and, and consider it as a store of value because that 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 doesn't happen overnight uh, so i think that even if they don't they didn't print um, the the bitcoin has so much um advantages over gold for example easy verifiable easy portable uh, blah 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 that it would it would grow towards maybe less uh fast but it would grow towards that that spot where it belongs interesting
3: thanks so uh one of the things that i cling to when when i think about his stock the flow model and how the price is going towards production cost effectively i go to this quote this satoshi nakamoto quote from uh, 2010 it says the price of any commodity tends to gravitate towards the production cost if the price is below cost then production slows down if the price is above cost Profit can be made by generating and selling more. At the same time, the increased production would increase the difficulty pushing the cost of generating towards the price. So I think that if your scenario plays out that you just described, Jeff, I would look at it. Well, what's the cost of energy? What? How has the price of energy adjusted based on the, the loss of units, fiat units that are in the system? What is that cost of production? And then you could look at what, impact that would have to where the price of bitcoin would move now as far as buying power goes opposed to price so you were talking price but let's talk buying power does the price go to 100,000 probably not it goes to some other level but as far as buying power goes compared to everything else that still went up the same as if it was 100,000
2: that's actually the point I was trying to make. The, from a, from a, from a fundamental, so, so, I just if you played the scenarios through, you're going to have government intervention, you're going to have, uh, and, and then it's going to stop because they think, okay, we solved it, and then it's going to get worse, and it's going to, so, you, so in the next number of years, in the next number of months, you're going to have policy responses that are stop, go, stop, go, and, and, and everything else. And that, what that portends into, to the model or Bitcoin means it's going to be up and down and everything else, and there's going to be a very some variability in um, into that along a path. I w- what I was trying to along a, a path to real value going up, right? The real value of the that going up, not the not the nominal price and whatever currency you're talking about um, it into overall purchasing power of Bitcoin going going up,
0: That's- but. Maybe, maybe Jeff. It's it's to add. It's, it's interesting that the stock flow model um, holds even if you, if you uh, express the uh, Bitcoin in gold instead of uh, yes. dollars. Yes, right. So it's the same coefficient as well. So the the four point one, um, and yeah, it, it still holds. So so that that gives me a lot of comfort that that this is a uh, more fundamental than just just a quantitative easing debasement and printing thing.
3: Where where I think your model fails. Is if for whatever reason there would be some other competitive coin that the market would see that protects their security better than Bitcoin and that could somehow step in and have and, and, and surpass the network effect that's already in place. So, why do, why do I like Bitcoin? I like the fact that it, it gives me so much security per transaction size, per clearance time. Right. That's why I think Bitcoin wins here. And and Nick Carter has an amazing article that addresses this topic. I uh I think the name of it is it's all about the security of clearance payment, stupid or something. It's something like that. Uh I'm sure uh Peter can have it in the show notes or whatever. Mm-hmm. As long as the as as long as the market continues to to view Bitcoin through that value proposition which in my opinion is better than any other currency that exists on the world today, I think your model continues to be valid. But I think if something else can step in there and do that. And and so how am I monitoring whether that value proposition is, is continuing to be upheld? Well, for me, I'm looking at the hashing rate. And the fact that you have more and more miners continuing to bring more hashing power onto the Bitcoin protocol opposed to everything else is proof to me that the market is valuing that work that's being performed that's that's the proof for me that the va- that the stock to flow model will continue to be valid
0: yeah i think that's correct and and in fact people people mention it as the second largest risk to bitcoin after government banning and regulation uh which i don't think is a big risk but we talked about that so i no i think you're right um it but i think it's a, it's also a small risk it's it's a theoretical possibility that such a coin will be made and but But in a
3: decentralized way, because it's all about decentralization.
0: But getting all the network effects, so the miners, the notes, the 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 exchanges, the future, the derivatives markets, everything. I think, and Bitcoin has a ten-year head start. That will be so unbelievably difficult.
1: It's one shot, man. I think it's one shot. I think it's Bitcoin (laughs) as the shot. I can't see something else. I mean, I love Dan Hale's article on Bitcoin's immaculate conception. There's so much built into that that I just can't see this happening again. Um, You know, I think think we have one shot. It's Bitcoin. It's now. It's time is now. I just, I can't, I can't see something else coming in. But plan B, look, based on the model, right? the model can fail but we can still trend upwards right it doesn't have to follow the exact model right it can fail uh, you know we might not hit the exact markers but that doesn't mean bitcoin itself fails
0: it's true true absolutely true and and let me say it again the model can fail it's it's a model right so it's a theory it, yeah it, yeah it's it's a theory It's it's more to describe something yeah and and it's quantitative so that helps but it it is a model it can fail and and um yeah, Bitcoin will not fail. I don't believe that. Plan B,
2: that's actually why I asked the question the way I asked it. Because if governments, if you said all the governments today or all central banks today stopped printing, your red dot would likely be lower. But it wouldn't invalidate, in my mind, it wouldn't invalidate the model nor Bitcoin. Um, because, first the model, because the response after that is they would have to print more right and so uh so so it, uh, that's but I, but if somebody's just following your red dot and not aware of some of the other things that are going on you could easily say okay today why did that go down you see it on twitter you see all of the people erasing this every day that's going and they're not looking at the time horizon on what this thing really
0: looks like yeah i totally agree and i must say i think if from my own the followers i'd think only 10 or 20 percent really knows what the model uh, how to interpret the model it's it's misinterpreted quite often and it's uh it's like you say it, 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 especially the time series variant exactly
1: exactly and they're not going to stop printing but that does put me in this kind of like i don't know if any of you question it, this weird moral ethical position whereby you know i personally benefit from government fuckery if the bitcoin model proves true but i don't want to see chaos and carnage and i wrestle with that sometimes like sometimes i see the price and get a bit excited then i'm like holy shit but this might mean bad outcomes for many people did do either of you or any of you wrestle with that yourselves
3: the bad outcome is based on prior decisions that have been made of course yeah so i I look at it just from that context, I look at it well, I can't undo the past that's happened the The result of what we're about to experience is based on decades of those decisions that were made that were most likely based on self interest over the over the greater good of the group of the elect or the the people that were being represented and so I don't look at it as I'm doing something that's that's purposefully unraveling a system that used to exist. I look at it as I'm protecting my family from bad decisions that were made in trying to navigate the future as best as I I possibly can.
2: And when I wrote the book, um, I, I was actually hopeful. And I remember when the book came out in January. And so I wrote it over the year before that. And so I was hopeful that, that those bad decisions would, would stop and you could get people to come together and create kind of a transition period to the new. I'm. I I unfortunately am less hopeful now because it's just making we're exponentially making the problem worse, and that means and so so the one difference I would say with Preston is I don't think it's bad people, self interested people, as much as it's people caught in a system not being able to understand what's the feedback mechanics of that system and being trapped and now not knowing what to do. So just keep doing the same thing you've always done. Right, I, I use the example of many podcasts. It's like Blockbuster putting candy aisles under their stores when Netflix is is emerging. Um, it's so clearly insane, right? The, the, that's going to protect them, but they don't know what to do, right? If if you use that analogy to what governments are doing. That's what it. That's what it looks like.
1: Can can, so, can one country do it anyway? Like one of the things you you may understand this better than me, Jeff and 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 Preston and Plan B. But can one country alone fight this? Or are we in no, a position where it's kind of no. like a game of chicken? Because if one does it, they're ultimately. It's like the competitive money printing you talked about, Preston. Is it like a uh, because we are one global economy now? They all have to fight this together, and it's they have to compete on this because if one doesn't. Ultimately, it's, it's they're missing out on this kind of situation. I'm, sorry, I'm not wording my correct question very well, but on I think the, you know what on, I mean.
2: On, on the rewrite of the rules, right, after World War II, um, and the rewrite of the rules, Bretton Woods mm-hmm. started two years before the victors, <laughs> before the um, – the rewrite of the rules, Keynes uh, proposed a Bancor that was not – um, that was a fixed exchange unit that governments could agree on that would provide fixed exchange rates. And it, because U.S. won the war, most pow- powerful at the time, it became U.S. dollar tied to gold, not the ban- ban- uh, bank or those rules subsequently were changed in 1971. And now we have. Printing and fiat every currency printing their own cur- uh, currency competitive devaluations, and any country that said I'm going to allow deflation to happen also has a, a um, then it becomes uncompetitive. Their labor becomes uncompetitive across the world. So no, it can't happen with just one country. Mm. In fact, in fact, that's actually why that these rules get rewritten after wars right and the, and and always right <laughs> what what emerges out of the ashes is a new rule set that that ends up happening and why i why i think what preston's saying before about um potential a hopeful potential <laughs> is bitcoin allows us to transition there without the wars because because governments also have a, a game theory incentive to 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 move on to bitcoin earlier
0: yeah, I also think that we we have to get rid of the nation state thinking uh, slowly. Because if you if you look at that map of the world, that's that's right there on my place because I mm-hmm. I have no picture there. It's weird that the world is is split into those straight countries and um and there's all if if you if you sum up all the people with Bitcoin, all the people with houses, all the people with the billionaires with companies, and they live everywhere. They're very mobile. Uh, they're bigger than most com- uh, countries so the US if you look from a US perspective yeah <laughs> not much people bigger than that but all the other countries there's a lot of countries that are already smaller than the monetary base of uh, of Bitcoin uh, almost all and uh, I think that the collective um, of sovereign individuals if you will it will be bigger than that of nation states um, in, in phase 5 or, or phase 6
1: Next up, I talked to Plan B, Jeff, and Preston more about the next phase of Bitcoin, phase five. But before that, I got a message from my amazing sponsors. So first up, Casa, the best in Bitcoin security. And with this market getting kind of frothy, I know we've had a dip, but it still feels like we're at the start of a bull run. It is time to take your security seriously. It is time to protect your Bitcoin from hackers, personal mistakes, in-person attacks, device failures, and so much more. You do not want to be looking back and regretting not doing this. I'm a Casa customer and it's given me so much peace of mind. And they also have a product for every Bitcoiner. So with Casa Gold, you get triple the security of a hardware wallet, and it is only $10 a month. With Casa Platinum, you get their three or five multi-sig, which is the best protection for large Bitcoin holders at a great price. And with Casa Diamond, you get their full service offering, including a customized personal security review, inheritance planning, and of course, their best-in-class security. There is no better time to upgrade your Bitcoin security and get total peace of mind. You can find out more at keys.casa, which is K-E-Y-S dot C-A-S-A. Also, have you checked out sportsbet.io, the best in online gaming? And did you see their massive announcement? They have just confirmed that they are going to be the main club partner and front of shirt sponsor for Southampton for next season. More Premier League sponsorship from sportsbet.io. And do you know what else they did? They have placed a Bitcoin logo on the front of the shirt. Not the shoulder. Not the sleeve. Slap bang in the middle of the shirt. Every week, billions of people around the world watching Premier League football are going to see the Bitcoin logo. I've told you before how much the Sportsbet team loves Bitcoin, and they're using in their voice in sport to push it. They are the best for online gaming, and they do accept Bitcoin. So if you want to find out more, head over to sportsbet.io, which is S P O R T S B E T.io. And lastly, I want to welcome back Lease Authority as a sponsor to the podcast. And this one is for you techies out there, the builders creating applications, Least Authority is a security company pushing the limits of how to build privacy-respecting solutions. They specialize in security audits, design specification reviews, and security by design. They can help you improve the security of your wallet application, key management solution, layer 2 protocol, P2P network design, use of cryptography, and so much more. If you want to boost your security strategy, you can arrange a no-obligation call to find out how Least Authority can help you with your next project. Just head over to their website and hit the schedule a call button at leastauthority.com, which is L-E-A-S-T-A-U-T-H-O-R-I-T-Y.com. Another thing, Plan B, you put out a tweet was about 10 days ago where you mapped the S&P 500 against the uh, Bitcoin chart. Yes. Yeah. What were you trying to point out here? Because I couldn't figure out whether this was good or bad news or it's just because one of the things we have seen is is there's a certain synchronicity between the stock market and Bitcoin recently. If the, Bitcoin, if the market dumps, Bitcoin dumps. I was expecting at some point for this kind of uh, them to kind of like desync from each other. What a bad term, desync.
0: Yeah. I, I, <laughs> it, it was, it was certainly one of my more uh, controversial uh, tweets. Yeah. <laughs> um, cause people, uh, thought, well, h- how is that with uh, stock to flow? Is it still valid? And uh, what if the stock market crashes? Cause everybody thinks the stock market crashes or will crash because it's already very high. I don't think that's the case, by the way. Um, what I wanted to do, and it's a pure statistical thing, um, is, is put numbers to the thought that. Quantitative easing is pushing everything up: real estate, stocks, Bitcoin, gold, uh, and you see everything going up. So, I just mapped it. I did the analysis. There is a power law, and there is co-integration. So, yeah. and and it's two non-deterministic uh, <laughs> variables. As you know, there was a lot of discussion about deterministic variable, uh, stock to flow in in, uh, in the co-integration discussion. So, S P, Bitcoin, correlated. And co-integrated over ten years, and uh, one other thing that 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 triggered me to do that as well, next to quantitative easing, was if you look at the big down uh, movements in in Bitcoin in two thousand eighteen, beginning and the end, and and right now with Corona, uh, the stock market and Bitcoin moved together in those three uh, down periods, and that was a big disappointment for a lot of people because. A lot of people thought it was a safe haven asset, which it is not. And and, and that's a good thing, right? Because <laughs> you, you can better have an, a non-correlated asset than a safe haven asset because, well, if everything goes well, then Bitcoin goes down. So, But anyway, I find it very interesting that the reason, so the, the causality, why did Bitcoin go down in the beginning of 2018, the end of 2018, and uh, now with Corona, was that, was that some Bitcoin thing or was that a macroeconomic thing? And I think, and I think my, my statistical model proves that as well, that it is a macroeconomic thing. And it, all those three um, events had to do with debasement, quantitative easing, and the Fed tapering and the China war. So, well, I'm pretty sure they are co-integrated and correlated.
3: So Peter, I want to, Piggyback on that comment, and I, I would mm-hmm. I would challenge p- Plan B on uh, whether it was binary macro or a Bitcoin thing. I I would argue that it's probably a little bit of a hybrid because there probably was a little bit of an overshoot beyond the uh, the level there, and and then you combine it with whatever macro factors you could have it as, as being some type some type of a hybrid. But I would simplify why I think that you're seeing what he put out there through statistical evidence as there's just more units being added into the system collectively, right? So if you're seeing more units being added into the system, and the units I'm talking about is obviously fiat dollars and and euros and whatever. If you're adding more units into the system and you're talking about securities that do not have counterparty risk, and you're having a world that's starting to treat these securities that don't have counterparty risk as being a store of value, you should see co-integration between Bitcoin and those securities that don't have counterparty risk. Yes. Now the magnitude at which you see the co-integration is the part that we're all here talking about because we think the magnitude on Bitcoin is going to be significantly higher than the magnitude of the co-integration on equities and, and stocks, right? And, and the main reason why is because their market cap is mature. Everybody knows about it. Everybody's participating in what that valuation of it is. And- the market cap of a currency that's trying to become a global you know store of value on a on a global level is has not even come close to reaching its its uh market cap so i think that the that chart makes total sense to me it it just does i i like it
2: and if you build on what Preston's saying, just go through the assets, where the money is going, and say, what is the risk return profile of each of those assets or where that hot money is going? So it, it, playing on what Preston talked about with stock prices today and some of the the technology companies, which are a good store of value versus a lot of other companies, but at this price, the asymmetric bet on it is really hard <laughs> to get your head around. Um Um, let's go into a different asset. Let's go into housing, right? We know, we know for sure that governments have to tax housing differently, right? And we know for sure on this path that there's going to be more and more social unrest. So in your housing, you can't move it. So there's a whole bunch of counterparty risk. There's a whole bunch of risk in some of those asset classes versus something like Bitcoin.
0: Yeah, let me add that, that, yeah, but those those are very good points, and 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 we see it in history as well. If a company goes into hyperinflation, the path towards killing their 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 uh, their currency, always and always, you see people looking for alternatives, alternative money, alternative store of values, and always and always is that housing, bonds, stocks, well, all the other stuff. <laughs> so, so uh, in Venezuela, in Zimbabwe, in Lebanon, in Iran. All but, the stock bonds markets.
3: Of, and I'm sorry to interrupt you, but bonds of other countries, not their own organic bonds, right? Well, it,
0: yeah, well yeah, but in Zimbabwe, you, see, you saw in the first phase of the hyperinflation that even the bonds or the company, so then you at least have the company, right? It, uh, even if the, right. If, if the currency goes to shit, you have the company. So people make those, those decisions very deliberately. And I think in, in tech stocks, you see that as well. You know that Tesla and Google and that, uh, well there's value in in those so so uh yeah i think there it it's just people looking for a way out for an alternative and uh,
2: and, and and play that for and th- this is actually like really bullish for bitcoin but it but also why you should hold it I, why why i think it's crazy not to hold it in the past most most populations most uh, most civilians um even though they could see what was coming you could see so in the weimar republic you could see what was coming yeah. you can't say it, right? you could see the social unrest building you could see what was going to happen you could see the response by governments to try to stop it you could see all of this happening and you can see in venezuela people could see it coming um for years they can see it coming and getting worse and worse why don't they move right and why they don't move is all of their wealth is in their same currency yes and, and their housing is there, their their stocks are there, and everything else, and they can't move it. Right. They can't move it very, very very easily. So they're stuck, and they and they long for a better time. So they're fighting against the same thing, and they're fighting, and they're saying they saying it won't get worse, right? So they 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 stay all in their country, and then they're trapped as as you get punished by the hyperinflation on the other side. With Bitcoin, you can move it anywhere. You can remember ten words and move and move it, and so so it 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 is a release valve to everything that's happening all over the world that will likely drive that network effect faster and faster and faster through through what's happening.
0: That's very true. That's very true. That's actually a discussion I'm having right now. When am I going to move out <laughs> of Holland? Yeah. Well, we have a fifty percent wow. tax rate. We uh, uh, so and and a discussion in Holland and a lot of people having this discussion with um, there is a point when people move out they go to singapore they go to malta they go to well all the all the all the right places and it, it was similar to the world war the, the second world war of course where some people left holland but, uh, and they, and they went to 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 the us to new york and 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 wh- so that's that's basically the discussion when do you go <laughs> and well, most most of the Katie's people are
1: do you know Katie?
0: Yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, so um, I saw a thing, I think it was Marty Bench shared it out in his email that she's working on a business now that's to help people with getting the passports to other countries, to move to other countries. And that, Great name, she- by the way. Yeah, but it's, it, but it's, it, I agree. I mean, it's on my mind. Look, I'm not Bitcoin rich, but I'm certainly in a position where I, I, I think I want to move for different reasons, um, uh, not just the tax rate. And I think in the UK, we've got an impending tax increase coming to pay for this COVID situation. I think it's going to be unavoidable. But uh, I kind of get this personal feeling, and maybe this Bitcoin's done it for me, I just kind of want to live in, in a smaller country or an island or somewhere which is a little bit more independent from the rest of this crazy world, these, these big nations. But she's got an active business now to help people consider this.
0: The name of her business is Plan B Passports, isn't it? <laughs>
1: oh, yeah. I like that name. <laughs> yeah, she stole that from you. But but it, it is no, no, a, it no. is an interesting I stole point. It as well. Well, yeah, of course. But it's um like competitive geography, I guess is is was one of the ideas, one of the things that like I always like about the United States, you know, that we're seeing a migration of people perhaps out out of California, we're seeing migration into um Texas because of tax rates, right? That is a, a, Same a, thing. a a benefit and also for politics but but internationally i think we have um we're going to see a lot more of this uh, i mean i'd love to move it's a little bit harder for me but that is something you're definitely thinking about then
0: yeah and talking about with other people because because everybody's thinking about it. it's not just a tax it's not just a money it's, it's a way of living right it's it's uh uh, well, the dark scenario that Jeff has described, you know, where it ends. This ends. This is the socialist path, this is the way to, to war. So, yeah, we've seen this over and over again.
1: Need a New Zealand bunker. Um, listen, just a few more questions to go. Um, so we're seeing this natural path, Preston, and where do how do you think this plays out for bitcoin is bitcoin just an asset is it just a hedge against inflation is it just hard money or do you do you see a reality of getting to a bitcoin standard where it is we have a similar to bread and woods we have a similar situation where we actually have an agreement on a on a standard or do you think this is just something that will naturally pay out it will be a a non, it won't be formally agreed but people will be like wow well, I want to hold Bitcoin because that's the best form of money. And that will become the standard.
3: You're going to have, I, I don't see tax laws around the world changing anytime soon. Um, and they're set up to treat it as, as if it's a security or, or or an asset, right? So if the price goes up, you have this tax burden on like a currency. Um, and so what I see playing out is the incentive structure is, is eventually going to polarize governments to want to attract as much of this into their country as possible. And that's when you're going to see the transition. So at what point does that happen? I don't know. Um, But I think what we were talking about earlier, which is you're going to see private companies start slapping it on their balance sheet in a major way. Then you're going to start to see publicly traded companies do it at a much smaller scale, but then they're going to start taking bigger positions and, and, a significant portion of their balance sheet is is going to have this on it. And then you're going to see countries start to to want to have some of it in their treasury. And then you're going to see countries that are going to start saying, hey, you come into our country, there's no tax on any type of Bitcoin that, that you're holding, right? And then that's going to be the competi- the next competitive step that's going to make it a, a standard across the world, In in my opinion.
1: What about you, Jeff?
2: Yeah, I completely agree with that. I think that's, uh, so if you, if you think about where, why, why inflation, right? In, inflation is, it's just a hidden tax, but it's a, a hidden tax that's punitive on the population most unable to pay it, right? Because to pay for services, taxes would have to be so much higher. And so if you devalue your currency through inflation, people don't see that you're picking their pocket. And so governments have gotten so bloated in in providing this and actually like i said creating the problem that then they're sowing their own seeds to create more and and like that and that's saying okay the people that kind of the arsonists you're going to celebrate and give them more matches right so that's where we're going right now so socialism is just an extension of that push up asset prices and it, it it consolidates more control and as you consolidate more control, you get worse and worse political leaders that are just looking up for control. And 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 essentially, what will happen in the U.S. You'll get constitutional change because of that. You'll get as as you try to take more control by the state. That is the path. That's the existing path. And so, Bitcoin is a beautiful outcome against that path. It's it it forces it forces prudence, it forces. So it let's just use an example and build onto what Preston just said. If a government was clean with me and said, um, we want to attract you here and here's how we're going to charge your taxes and we're going to provide these services. Right. And some of those services are going to be to make sure that you don't have a whole population without anything right and, and and but whatever the services look like and you're going to have great education school everything else but but here is your tax rate but we're not going to we're not going to trick you and pick your pocket through inflation but here's a tax rate that you need to pay whether you pay it on the things you buy like housing or other things or you pay it but some way to do that that was fair and equitable and then other governments around the world were competing for my dollars and later by doing that there would be a competition for talent just like there is today but it would be it would drive it under fair rules and 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 what i really like about that is if you look at kind of where technology is taking this is that those fair rules make sure that the abundance from technology are distributed broadly it forces that it forces that to ha- happen so bitcoin forces the abundance, a Bitcoin standard, which I believe we'll go to, forces tech, the technology abundance to be broadly shared.
3: What about the employees that are going to demand payment?
2: But but and and, and that's kind of what I'm getting at. And, yeah. and so there's going to be a, so 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 today. If you do anything opposite from deflation, you're concentrating power. All of that money is driving in the networks effects you're concentrating you're tr- concentrating power, whether it's in companies, countries, everything else. and And people's mind is exactly opposite to they're actually asking through more socialism, through more government intervention to concentrate power f- more. They don't know it, but that's what they're doing. They're doing it in a response to "I can't feed my family because prices are too high but but they're still doing it. they're concentrating power first put further, which changes constitutions, which changes everything else, and you get a whole bunch of dictators. That's the path. The opposite path on Bitcoin forces, so competition will drive down price over and over and over again, ultimately until a lot of things are close to free, right? And well, if I'm an entrepreneur, well, there's money in something. You'll race in to fill that void and and then and and it brings it down further and further stopping that from happening is is hurting society really big time and bitcoin could bitcoin is so beautiful that it actually can solve that now, i'm not saying it's not going to be ugly on the way through but uh, but it does provide a forcing function to make sure the abundance from technology is broadly shared
3: so peter this is the neatest part about bitcoin so you have a business you have a business right you're able to stack more Bitcoin every month, mm-hmm. but the reason you can do that is because you're actually profitable, Yeah. right? The, the, the money that you pay out is less in, in all your expenses. It's less than what you bring in. So you are able to stack Bit, Bitcoins. How many companies on the planet right now are not profitable? And I'll tell you, the number is way higher than people think like 50 what, what would you say it is Jeff?
2: Oh, it's a it's a it just there's so many zombie companies there's so many that zombies. Like exactly it's, it's all government. It has it's to be government. higher than 50%.
3: Yeah. More than 50% of businesses that you look at do not make money. Okay and people might it, all you got to do is just crack open the net income statement and look at that and over a 5 year period I'm telling you 50% of companies don't make money. If you don't make money you cannot stack bitcoins on your balance sheet period right you're definitely not paying your well you you might be able to pay employees for a short period of time but eventually this all comes to a head when these companies they can't stack bitcoins and guess what if you're if you're measuring your results in fiat they're going down relative to these companies that can stack them um and that is that is such a drastic change from what we've seen over the last 10 to 20 years that are being all these companies being propped up by fiat printing. It's it's going to be crazy, crazy, crazy. And then when you talk about price deflation, think about all these businesses that would fail and all the stuff they've got to sell. If you've got an influx of sellers in the market, right? What does that do to the price of everything? It makes Good it collapse.
1: It. Feeling pretty <sighs> bullish again. Every every time I do an episode, I did one recently with a guy, the um, guys from "What the Fuck Happened in 1971." And um, also with Guy Swan. Honestly, straight after that episode, uh, that was when I went and bought a bunch more Bitcoin personally, and a bunch more uh, through the business. And I hadn't actually bought Bitcoin in over a year. I earned it, yeah. You know, as Andreas says, I would bill in Bitcoin and leave a certain amount in in Bitcoin. But I actually went out and I was looking at my cash reserves. I was like, screw this now. And I, like, I'm in that position now. I, 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 I don't expect any of you to say the same, but like my outside of my properties, if I get my house, I, my, I own, uh, 95% of my personal money is in Bitcoin. I'm scared to keep cash um, of your
3: retained earnings th- of your retained th- earnings. But as far pers- as assets go, yeah. as, as far as assets go, if you would value your assets, Peter, yeah. right. And you you would put a market cap on your assets that you've created that are going to continue to give you free cash flows. If you capitalize that out, then you're at a reasonable, you're, you're now making reasonable decisions. So people on the outside, they, they, they would hear you say that and be like, well, he's completely unreasonable. Yeah. Well, Maybe he's not. Maybe he's 100% reasonable because he's valuing these revenue stream assets that he has that, that aren't being capitalized like any other business would be. Right And then, when you compare the percentage of bitcoin that you have allocated through retained earnings, well, now all of a sudden you're not a hundred percent in Bitcoin, right? You have a business model that's kicking off free cash flows and you're making sound decisions to protect your value right
1: but this is, but it's also personal like I, ha, I like I have enough in savings to protect myself, but also I'm in a position where i I don't need to spend the money, so I don't care about the volatility. you can go up, it can go down like at yeah. the point I need that money, which we're talking multi years like perhaps. I don't know where my big spends come in. My my daughter, and my son might get married at some point. They might need a house. We're talking a decade away. I've always said I was, it would be a decade before I sell any Bitcoin anyway. And I'm like, I, do I want to hold this cash for a decade? If I don't want to, if I don't want to, if I don't want to hold it for a decade, why do I even want to hold it for a month? So I, and, but then also with my business, like I said, I think I'm at about 60% now. It, I went for 50, but I think I'm at about 60% now. And uh, like, and I'm cool with that. And that's, but this is what these interviews and these conversations and I'd like micro was a huge kicker for me. That was Peter. You're kick. doing the
3: exact same thing as MicroStrategy. You're just private and you're public. You're doing the exact same thing as MicroStrategy. Yeah. on a personal yeah.
2: level. I, and I think it's important just to build on this. So you have a whole bunch of people listening to this pod uh, podcast and, and every single per- person's position will be different. Right, if you're looking at this as a protection of wealth, you're going to put a certain per- percentage. You should put a per- certain per- percentage of of your overall portfolio in this, with your whether you're a business or, or or whatever. And the more that you've gone down the rabbit hole and understand what things look like, you might increase that percentage. If you're looking at it as I am doing this to make the most money, right, a higher risk, higher ret- return type of profile. You might put it all of your money into it, um, but you also have to be so. Concentration of uh, of risk produces enormous returns if you're right and lucky, right? It's so that's what a bit, that's what an entrepreneur does. They go all into one thing, all in. If they're right, on the backside, they win. They cash. they cash out and they diversify their assets. Let let me throw
1: another thing in there just quickly before before you jump in, Preston. I'll tell you another thing that happened with the MicroStrategy position, which I don't know if any of you thought about. But one of the other reasons I've always been scared of putting too much into Bitcoin is that I still worry about the potential ban. Would it ever be banned? You know, China Mm -hmm. banned it. And I think a company like MicroStrategy and i I would say, the more companies that do that, it decreases the chances of, of it being banned, because you could see the reaction from these companies saying, "Hold on, you can't ban ban this asset that, that And I see companies investing in Bitcoin, putting their treasuries in Bitcoin forms a moat around it.
2: This plays into plan B's model yeah, right? so all all of these things. Keep on making the network effect stronger and stronger, and and take it to the next ride up, and and drive more people into it because there's more trust in the system, and the people that are making the that bet early, um, seeing where this is going, uh, have more return from that bet.
1: Okay, man, go, Preston. Preston, you had your hand up, dude. Uh, go, go, ahead, go
0: on. Uh, <laughs> maybe, <laughs> yeah. No, banning, banning was is is what uh, Peter the, the the one risk that you mentioned. It's the number one risk that most people mention, right? I had a poll up um, Uh last week, 20,000 votes, uh, 50% banning. (laughs) Uh, I don't think it it can happen anymore because you have regulated exchanges, futures exchanges with not small volumes. Um, You have listed companies like MicroStrategy now, you have pension funds, police pension funds. Morgan Creek uh, Capital has has a police uh, pension fund in there. You can, if you ban it now, you you will get sued. You will get. It's not possible anymore.
1: Well, yeah, and also was it Grayscale? They've got five billion under Six. management in there. Well, no, in it's five billion. I think in the Bitcoin fund. Right, and they got like about a billion in some of those shit coins.
3: Um, right.
1: Fidelity wanting to launch their fund. I mean, don't they have trillions under management at Fidelity? Vernika yes. Keen, Ralph pa- Rao Powell's going big right now, isn't he? I mean, it's just in every fucking direction. Um, I don't know, man. Maybe it's and, some and of and kids. Caitlin, Caitlin
0: Long. Caitlin Long is 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 doing Wyoming crazy <laughs> stuff with the law, <laughs> right? So so you can't see the U.S. as one country. I think it's it's uh, the states have very very big powers too.
3: One, one of the things that you get when you talk about this phase transition model, where it happens, where the next level is achieved all at once, is this entrenchment. How can policymakers step out there and ban something that's moving at a breakneck speed because these phase transitions are programmed into the protocol, right? You saw this in, in 2017. When the price was really taking off and it was passing through 10000 and making the run at 20000 you actually saw people at the, at the press conference in the White House starting to bring the, the topic of Bitcoin up. And that's right when it cooled off and it leveled out or it stopped. The price started coming back down. And then what does everybody do? They forget about it. It goes away. All the speculators step out of the market. It cools off until the next halving occurs. And then you're going through the next phase transition, and it's going to be it's going to happen so abruptly that the entrenchment that occurred through those three years or whatever it was between then and now took place. The engineering took place. The the all the stuff that's built around at the second layers. You got this liquid neck network that's now taking the arbitrage away on the ten minute block size, like all that kind of stuff that was all built from that that point in time where where it almost. Pop the circuit breaker, and now you're getting ready to go through the next phase transition. And I I think there's too too much entrenchment at this point.
2: So so do to 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 watch what Preston's happening in reverse. If you look back in history to see this happen, um, look at all of the people and all of the and all of the talking about Amazon, not understanding a network effect, not understanding what they were doing. Look at it when Amazon was seven dollars and what people thought it would what thought would happen and a bunch of those people chased it all the way up to forty five hundred, right and 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 still say well why isn't this worth as much as it? why why is it worth so much and so it, the same thing is going to happen here like that's a you're going to have a whole bunch of people saying in the next wave that it can't happen right it's going to collapse it'll it'll cool off and then same it'll way. go up again
1: yeah. yeah, I, I did a, uh, put a tweet out. It must have been like a year and a half ago or something. It was like when Bitcoin crashes from, I think I spent sort of like 100,000 to 50,000 or it will have failed. Bitcoin will have died. It's like these cycles keep repeating them. But one interesting thing, I, I didn't see your poll plan B, but I'm interested in the threats It's funny, even even though I completely disagree with Saifedean on everything to do with modern art, he did say one thing that I massively agree with him on, where he said (laughs) the biggest threat to Bitcoin is good government policy. (laughs)
0: Yeah, it's true. It's true. (laughs) But it's funny. I, I do that poll every quarter, every two months, three months, and it's always different risks. Uh, it, it, before the halving, it was the halving and the minor capitulation and the death spiral and then it's futures and when there's a big hack, then it's hacking and, and then it, it's every time it's something else. So there's a big recency bias in all those risks, which, which tells you one thing. People are overestimating the risks.
1: Yeah, which and, not, and, and underestimating the risks of their fiat currency.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that's a good thing to know as an investor, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> that's why yeah. I do the polls.
1: Well, what, what are the what? What do you think the real risks are? Because I see there are risks, but I don't know, man. I just I don't I don't I feel less worried about the risks that people say to me. Like uh, when people talk about like the government banning, I just think the moat has been built. That's not going to happen. Like I just don't see too many risks anymore, and perhaps that's the wrong attitude to have. But I don't see it.
0: I, I have maybe a weird perspective on risk, but I see it as something essential and good. Uh, Without the risk, we wouldn't go high. It's, it's. I mean, everybody would be a millionaire if if Bitcoin goes up every day. And uh, it has to go down. You have to have real believers, the the real strong uh, shareholders, if you will. If you look at it from a company perspective, you don't want the quick bare buck, uh, um, fast in and out types. You want the strong shareholders that 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 share your vision and and can. Stomach the volatility. So, yeah, without the volatility, you wouldn't also have uh, option premiums that are attractive, like 40% per year right now. That attracts a whole different group of investors. <laughs> it's You need the volatility and the risk. So let's embrace it.
1: Got a couple of questions I'm going to throw in from the tweet I put out. It seems like uh, people are excited about the show. Plan B, someone wants you to explain the red dot. <laughs> <laughs>
0: serious question
1: serious question it's like what does a red dot mean
0: a red dot is just another month on the chart a month and a closing price and uh, it's red because red is uh it, it says it on the chart as well there's a mm-hmm. color uh, scale red means the number of months until the next halving and it, that's about 40 I think now and it will go to zero of course the next mm-hmm. halving in 2024 so it will go from red to orange, to, to yellow, green, blue. And uh, so it, it doesn't have predictive val- uh, value or something. It's just red because it's uh, the number of months until the next halving. But but the predictive part, of course, is in the modeling behind it. And that if you look at the months after the halving, so the red dots and the orange dots and the yellow dots, that it's, that is where it's supposed to go up where it's supposed to go to this next phase, this phase five, which we obviously uh, uh, are not yet because it's, it's very slow. It, it's on the right path, but it's very slow. We're very impatient, <laughs> but we haven't seen anything yet, anything. I think the fireworks start when we pass 20,000 or something, and then the next day we're at 40 or 50, uh, which feels very normal then. But But right now we're…
1: Well, there's another interesting point, actually, I think it was Travis Klinger I was talking to. He said, "Look, there are some companies who cannot invest until Bitcoin is over fifty thousand because true. of the size of the market. Yeah, true, right. it's not liquid. It's not liquid, yeah, okay, uh also somebody's asking when two eight eight and uh, are you still two eight eight because I read the Fidelity yes. article, and they are they are analyzing the path to one million Bitcoin. And obviously we had a very good article come out uh last week from the Vinkelvoss twins uh looking at a price prediction of five hundred thousand. Like we're seeing some pretty let's be honest, these numbers are insane. Um yeah. are, are we still on on track for that?
0: I'm on two eighty eight as an average value, so um um yeah I, I mean a okay. hundred thousand would be would be very nice too, but but if if you just follow the math, if if you just follow the data. And I don't mean the time series model. So we're not looking at Bitcoin only. We're looking at gold, silver, diamonds, real estate, all that stuff. It's two eight eight, and that's again that's an average value. So it could be uh, it could overshoot like three times, like it did last uh, phases. I I don't want to mention the number.
1: (laughs) I I I always try to
0: keep it. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I try to be conservative all the time, but but well. Let's say a 2x or a 3x from that 288. And then it crashes again, of course, to, uh, well, let's say 100,000 or something, 150.
1: Yeah, some pretty firm hands holding through $100,000. There can be some people out there just holding a Bitcoin. Yeah, but you don't... That would be life-changing money for them.
0: Yeah, yeah, I cannot give investment advice, but uh, if the thing that you hope for happens... It, it's no shame in taking some chips off the table, right? If 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 you hope for a ten x, and it happens, uh, and that would be hundred thousand. Well, by all means, t- t- take take a handful of bitcoins off the table and 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 buy something. Because uh, yeah, that was what you hope. But don't buy, don't sell at all. <laughs> Keep, you have, stick to your plan, but but don't don't forget to uh, to treat yourself as well.
1: All right. Okay, listen, I'm gonna go with a final question for all of you, and it's kind of like a broad question. What I'm gonna say is I want your your predictions. You don't have to give me price predictions, your predictions of what you think is gonna happen, but you can pick the time period. You're gonna say over the next year X, or over the next five years X. But just just give me your kind of predictions on what you think is gonna happen. We'll go with you first, Jeff.
2: <laughs> That's a big question. I know
1: it's a big question, but like <laughs> I, I don't wanna say I don't wanna want say like whole world and the uh no (laughs) but like i could say jeff what do you think is going to happen over the next year and you'll be like well i'm thinking on a three-year time frame like in my head i've got a 10-year time frame like uh, everything everybody i speak to that and ask me about bitcoin and my friends are like oh it's too expensive oh am i too late or what should i do i'm like and i just say buy some keep buying but have a 10-year horizon that's it it's a 10-year horizon
2: so I would say the same thing. I'm not selling. I don't need to sell. I'm continuing to buy through this. Um, the uh, And I would encourage everybody to buy through this and continue to buy through this. Because if you look at, Preston, made a really great point before on understanding down to the down to the bottom and back up on what Bitcoin looks like. And there's not a lot of people who've done that work. There's we know a lot of people, but not broadly speaking. There's not a lot of people who've done that work. Broadly speaking, there's not a lot of people that have even questioned our monetary policy, right? And what's happened in the world to change, that is changed now that has to, everything's going to look upside down. And because they haven't, they're stuck in, they're stuck on rewind over and over and over, believing things that they're being told or they t- were taught in school that simply aren't true anymore. And so, so as, and this is what I wrote about in my book. So, why it was easy to see what was going to happen, um, and a lot of people talk about the book and pred- predicted all of these events and predicted the next ones. Is is really easy to see what's going to happen if you understand it at a first principles level. So if that's going to happen, then I suspect governments are going to continue to print their way, try to print their way out of this. I can, I, I suspect that's going to rise, have a rise in socialism and. And breaking of essentially the the, the contract with people, <laughs> and so and so you are going to have polarization of society and uprisings and everything else all, all through that. And I predict uh, Bitcoin is going to do really well in that environment until it's kind of all of a sudden it'll feel all of a sudden that uh, that that it becomes it goes stratosphere uh, through the, st- the stratosphere and the people and people with that will kind of to Preston's point before be able to have a have a good conversation and how societal people be are wired because governments will want to attract those people
1: all right man Preston you're up
3: so 10 years sure I, I I'm more optimistic as far as and is optimistic the right word to use. I think it's gonna happen. This this big move is gonna happen sooner rather than later. I think that uh this incoming cycle is um gonna blow back hair on all market participants, particularly ones in the fixed income market. And um I think that the whole like plan B's model, right? I've heard people make the complaint that if you keep following the model, it's going to be one Bitcoin is going to be worth a hundred million dollars and, and this and that. And like, well, how could that ever work? And I'm thinking, do you not understand that we're talking about buying power? That's the thing you got to really kind of focus on is not the, the nominal number of what this means. It's it's more about the buying power that it, that it's going to represent. And so I just don't know how the economy is going to be able to watch something take off at this pace with everything that's happening in the backdrop and ignore it for another cycle. I, I'm, I'm suspect of that. Could it happen? Of course. Um, but my base case is that this is going to achieve its quote unquote escape velocity and uh, plan B's model is going to, going to be invalid, but it's going to be invalid to the upside is my base case for the coming cycle. Um, now is that you know 55% and 45% says we go to a, to another cycle probably something like that. Is is I would tell you that I I think it's more likely, but by how much more likely, you know, by by a hair. <laughs> 51%, right? I think it's more likely. Um what the implications of that means for for all the participants I'm hopeful that it that it actually might be a relief valve, and that 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 it might actually be a sense of relief for the majority of people. That I mean, the the middle class is is gutted for the most part uh, across the globe. It's not just anything in particular that's United States based. So if the if the middle class has been gutted, and most of your participants are at the bottom of this of this architecture in our economy anymore. Maybe this change actually is somewhat of a a breath of fresh air that you can see a a shift in the tide that is advantageous for a majority opposed to a few. And I kind of suspect that that's going to be the base case as well is um, imagine just being an employee and now all of a sudden you you're saying, hey, I want to receive payment in something like this and the value of it keeps going up like That's, that's never been experienced for since anybody that's been alive, they've never experienced anything like that. So is that going to be advantageous for the participants? It it is. um, But for the ones that, that don't have skilled labor in a depression like scenario, it's, it's going to be very, it's going to be a very challenging time. And I think it's going to lead to a lot of price deflation because people are going to be selling everything that they can in order to come up with this new form of currency that's deflationary and, and just keeps going up in value.
1: All right, you're at Plan B. Um,
0: yeah, my prediction is in line with what Jeff and Preston already said. Uh, I I read Jeff's book twice, and both times um, I thought I could have written that book <laughs> not that well, but I'd, there's nothing I disagree with. And if I hear Preston talk, uh, I hear myself talk. So it's 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 boring, but it's in the same line. Uh, the easy predictions are because that's already uh, been told by uh, the Federal Reserve that um, they keep printing. Quantitative easing keeps adding zeros, trillions. The interest rates will keep low, will be low and even negative for the United States soon, next year, I guess. Um, So the next five years, low to negative. Everything that cannot be printed will go up in dollar value. So... um, Real estate, gold, Bitcoin, shares, even I don't expect a crash in uh, in stocks because it, it, it will be like Zimbabwe, Venezuela, Lebanon, Iran, and all those other countries where they where they keep adding zeros. Same thing. What I will keep looking at, and I'm not sure about, but I will make a prediction anyway, is markers that for, for change, things that will change. Because if you make a prediction for five years out, if, if if you look at uh two thousand fifteen and would have to predict two thousand twenty you would be totally wrong and 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 corona there will be so i can predict um there will be a, a black swan there will be a trigger event somewhere well i guess next year if my model uh <laughs> is anything um, in in the right direction that will trigger a lot of people to consider bitcoin uh and that trigger might be legal, regulatory, some country. It might be uh, more companies like MicroStrategy. Uh, but one thing is for sure, the army that we are building, uh, the army of holders, the uh, that will grow one by one by one. And once you have seen, you cannot unsee. So once you get it, <laughs> there's no way back. There's no shit going, There's no government. There's nothing that will keep you That that... that that will that, that will convince you again that the earth is flat so um it will go on and on and on and there will be a trigger point some non-linear thing which i cannot predict that will that will set it on fire
1: wow well, feeling cool, bullish. Well feeling bullish all right jeff how do people find your work and find your book
2: uh, the book's called The Price of Tomorrow, uh, Why uh, Why Deflation is Key to an Abundant Future, and uh, on Twitter, just at Jeff Booth.
3: Fantastic book.
1: I've read it. Preston yourself, how do people find you?
3: I'm also on Twitter at Preston Pish, and I have a podcast called We Study Billionaires.
1: Which is up near the top of the charts on every chart I go to in finance. <laughs> <laughs> Plan B, I say this, and everyone knows you, Plan B, but come on, how do they find you, dude?
0: On Twitter as well, at 100 trillion US dollars. And uh, my DM is open, so please reach out.
1: Damn, you must get some weird shit in there. <laughs> 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 Jesus. Listen, we, uh, we overrun by 22 minutes. Amazing shot. I knew this was going to be a banger when I reached out to the three of you. So thank you all so much for coming on. It's going to be an interesting ride over this next, I think, 18 months for sure. I'm sure we'll all speak again. Uh, by the way, Preston, that little one pager you did—that was awesome.
3: What's that? I, I didn't hear. what the, you
1: said. The, the the little one pager you did to give audio to, to all your oh, friends. Oh, thanks, man.
3: Yeah, yeah thank you.
1: That was freaking awesome. So well done on that. All right, guys. Thank well, you look, very much. No, no worries. Thank you all for coming on. I appreciate you all. If I can ever do anything in return, you know I'm here. And you know, let's see let's see how this plays out. Yeah.
0: Thank you, man. Thank you. Guys. Thanks.
1: All right. What did you think of that? Did you enjoy having Preston, Jeff, and Plan B together? I did. Oh, all three of them are so smart. Really, really good to get them together. It's a really bullish show to make. And listen, I know Bitcoin has taken a hit in the last few days, firstly with the bit of thumb bullshit and the other sell-offs in the market, but this doesn't change anything for me. This actually just makes me want to buy more, buy into this dip. And I've increased my Bitcoin holding by about 40% over this year, just by reinvesting my own personal money, reinvesting my company's money back into Bitcoin. My business strategy of converting cash reserves to Bitcoin, originally it was I used to any of my sponsors who paid in Bitcoin, I used to leave 25% in and convert the rest of cash running the business. But I was building up this small kind of treasury and I wasn't very comfortable with it. So as I said, I've converted now, I think I'm about 60% of my cash reserves are now held in Bitcoin And I don't care about the price moves in the short term because this is money I'm not going to be spending. This is staying on the balance sheet. This is retained profits. that I do not need to spend. It can sit on the balance sheet for months, even years. And my view is that over the long term, cash reserves of pounds are a significant higher risk of holding over this period than Bitcoin. Now, I love this conversation. I love all of these three guys. They're really smart, super smart. They know their shit and they're great to talk to. So I appreciate them all coming on together to make this pretty special show. Now, if you have any questions about this or any feedback, you want to ask me anything, you can reach out to me. My email address is did.com. Also, if you want to support the show, even a review up on iTunes really, really does help. Just go up to iTunes, leave me a review. If you think it deserves five-star grey, if you think it deserves one star, well, so be it, but hopefully not. Hopefully you're enjoying the show, but those reviews help. Anyway, outside of that, please do go and check out my other show, Defiance. That's at defiance.news. My four parts are about this band, The Ghost Inside. I think it's the best work we've done. I really, really do. If you go and listen to the first one, you don't enjoy it, fair enough, but we've had such great feedback, and the downloads have been the same, so please do go and check that out. Outside of that, have a great weekend, and I will catch up with you all soon.